Hello, welcome to Journey into an Unknown World. My name is Dr. Margaret. This is a show where I try to help you see the strange and the unusual to gain a different point of view on any subject. Today, I've chosen to focus on animals. Have you seen those big eyes staring at you? They're saying, pick me up and just love me to death. Or have you watched a wild animal and thought, I wonder what they're thinking when they're running around. They look so cute and yet they seem to have a vicious nature. What is it that makes a small child stand next to an animal and begin to cry? What are they feeling? What is the animal feeling? Many people used to say that an animal has no spirit, that they were simply born for us to hunt and eat and, you know, just push it out the window as something we don't want to think about. But as the years have gone by, we've learned to think more about the world of animals. So what are they going through? What do they feel? So when we look at a small child standing there next to an animal crying their eyes out, what is the animal actually doing? It's using a simple ability, psychometry. Psychometry is the spirit sense of feeling. It's busy feeling every emotion the child feels. If the child is really ill at ease, the animal will become uneasy too. They will run away and hide. If they're a dog, they'll start barking. If they're a cat, they'll stick out their claws. If there's something else, who knows what they'll do. Whatever it is, they're going to run away from the child. Of course, once there's space between the child and the animal, then everyone starts to calm down. Everyone makes a fuss with the child and makes sure they feel safe, but who bothers? about the animal and its feelings. Do you ever wonder what goes on in the mind of an animal? We think that animals cannot understand dialogue and it's probably true in many cases. However, it has been proved that domestic animals do have a certain amount of words in their mindset so they associate with sound action they listen and they act accordingly so if you tell a dog to beg it sits up and does whatever it's supposed to do it's a fine trick it gets a treat and then it sits down and everybody says how clever how wonderful but what's happening to the dog's emotions while all this is going on the dog is busy feeling your energy as the owner. It senses your pleasure. It senses your ability to know them. There is a two-way energy going on. The dog pleases you, you please the dog, and so everyone is happy. Tails wag, you make a loud screech of delight, and that sound resonates through the animal. If it's too severe, if there's too much noise, then the animal will feel agitated. When they feel agitated, they'll run away and hide. You might think they're just in a mood, don't want to socialize, but they're actually trying to tell you you're overdoing it. 
you're giving them too much and they can't handle it all. Think about yourself when you've got lots of kids running around the house or you're in a playground with lots of other children screeching away and suddenly you find yourself feeling uncomfortable and want to go away and find a quiet place. Well, animals like to do that as well. They like to find somewhere that's quiet. They like to relax. They like to just not be involved. Yes, they're very similar to us. They do feel what we feel, and they do in their own little way think. But they don't think with words. They think with emotion and with pictorial images. If I say to you, don't think of a computer, you will immediately think of one before you can dismiss it. Well, an animal doesn't have to think about a word and find a picture. They actually find the picture immediately. And they're very good at reading your pictures. So here's a little story that I have that happened really with my dogs a while back. I had a little chihuahua. They were several of them in the house actually and we had a little plague of leaves. I was watching them scratch and I said to my husband I better do them. I got up and as I got up he said they dived behind the sofa and hid. Now I hadn't mentioned the name of the product nor exactly what do it meant but they had picked up my picture image of me spraying them all over their bodies and they knew exactly what I was up to. So by the time I came back with the can, they were nowhere to be found. So I thought, until my husband told me where they were hiding. Well, that proved to me that animals definitely read my thoughts in pictorial form. Over the years, I've had many of my children um, bring to me animals that have been damaged in some way. They found them lying outside the house. There have been birds. There's been um, other stray animals such as cats and dogs and even lizards. Whatever they find, they seem to assume that I'm going to be able to heal them immediately. Well, in a way I can. I can heal them much quicker than I can heal a human being because they are not judging. They're not thinking whether or not I have something that will work, you know, some gimmick, some special medicine, something that will be an immediate cure-all. All they're thinking is, I'm hurting, and I'm throbbing, and I need help. And in that moment of asking, seeing those doleful eyes, if you like, you see this need. And when you see it, you just open up with all the love that you have in the world. And that energy flows out of your hands right into the animal. And yes, that animal receives every drop of that healing energy. They do not resist. They are very receptive to anything you give them. There are many humans with their pets who seem to have a symbiotic relationship. As the owner gets sick, so the animal turns up and heals them. When the human gets better, it seems that the animal starts to be sick. So what's going on there? Well, there is a little spiritual lesson 
Each is showing the other a weakness. Each is showing the other a need for love. Each is saying, I need you. I need to belong to you. If you're too busy being fit, free and easy, you'll forget me. So, I'll get sick and then you'll pay me attention. We are all desiring to be loved constantly. But the way of the world is in judgment and we humans judge constantly. So it's very comforting to have an animal that will love you completely. But unfortunately, there are a lot of humans in this planet who are not good owners. They neglect their animals. They forget to feed them. In extreme cases, they don't care about them at all. They hit them. They take out the resentment on the world on these poor animals. What happens to the spirit of that animal while they're being abused? If you stop to think about how you would feel if someone started beating up on you, you'd know that you'd feel very, very unhappy, very lonely, very miserable, very depressed. Well, yes, animals go through exactly the same emotions. Whether it's in the wilds or at home, they are going to feel depressed if neglected. Imagine, if you will, for a minute that you're a lion out there in the wilds and along comes a younger lion that takes your position, walks off with your pride and leaves you with nobody. And now you have to hunt alone. And yes, you have been kind of lazy as a lion because your lionesses have been doing all the hunting and suddenly you're having to survive alone. It's a lonely space. And often animals that are cast out are left to die. So how do they feel when they're all alone, waiting for death? How do we feel when we're neglected and we're all alone and we're waiting for death? There's no difference. Whether we're human or animal, we feel lonely, we feel miserable and we feel depressed. And of course it's only in this deep state of negativity that we begin to think about the whole world and start to understand that every creature living on this planet is in fact tied to every other creature. That we are all part of the energy of Earth and that Earth is also a part of the universe and the universe is a part of the oneness. I would like to tell you a story about my dog, Suki. She was considered to be the runt of the litter. Her ears didn't stand up. She was not a very typical chihuahua. And she was considered to be too fat and too big. So the breeder didn't want her. I took her on because she looked so sweet and so cute. Later she got phantom pregnancies. I thought, oh, why is this happening? Well, I found out that she needed to be pregnant, so we had her impregnated, and along came five little babies. An amazing feat, because chihuahuas are only supposed to have two. She was one of the best mothers that I'd ever seen, probably better than me being a mother to my four boys. But the thing was that there was something that happened in her spirit when she had those babies. I saw her aura change. 
this amazing instinct for love and care of these puppies was was so tremendous that she would not give herself any time at all. At that point, I saw myself. Here I was running around, bringing up my four boys, doing everything they want to do and having no time for me. So motherhood, whether you're an animal, a human, or a spirit, is still a part of our important growth. As she got older, Suki always spent a lot of time making sure that all my children were loved. She would jump on their laps, lick them, and then settle down next to them and promptly fall asleep, and then so would they. So what was happening? I watched their auras mix. The dog's aura emanated into the child. The child responded, emanated back, and there we saw a unity. Two beings in total harmony. Many animals learn a great deal from us, but you know, we learn a great deal from them. If we stop thinking that they are just animals, and rather think of them as a spirit, then we will begin to understand that in the oneness there is no separation between the spirit of an animal or the spirit of the human. After all, in our basic ways we are still animals ourselves. In ancient times, many people worshipped animals. They really thought that their spirit was a link between the gods and themselves. For example, the Egyptians loved to mummify cats. They gave them as offerings. Often the cat that they gave was the one that was their pet. Of course, in time it became a rip-off, and more and more people were killing cats just for the pleasure of offering something to the gods. But in the beginning, it was always that an animal was loved, and it was the greatest sacrifice to give that animal to the gods. Nowadays, we don't even think about sacrifice. We think more about what we need to achieve. But I'd like to tell you a story that really taught me a big lesson about the spirit of an animal when I was only ten. Actually, the story begins when I was five. I was in a British market and there was this man wearing up and down that he was about to drown this small puppy. I pleaded with my mother and father that I should have it. And Nicky became my pet. He was a little terrier and, of course, he loved to hunt. Well, one day, when I was about ten, he hunted a kitten and killed it. The owners were very angry and insisted that my dog was violent and a threat to the neighborhood and should be destroyed. You can imagine my pain and suffering. This was my pet. Well, no matter how much I pleaded, my parents agreed and my dog was destroyed. I knew exactly the moment he was put to sleep. My mother was forced to stay with the vet to watch the whole thing and came out crying, having been made also to watch the clock. So when I asked her if it was the exact time I'd felt it, she had to admit it was. In that moment, my spirit had felt the spirit of my dog. I had spent a lot of time the night before talking to my dog about the spirit world. 
I've been telling him how he would be safe there. He would be with my granny and other spirit guides, and he would wait there for me until it was my time to come to heaven. Well, of course, I never forgot him, and it was very wonderful when, many years later, he appeared to me in a vision. It was as though he was saying to me, Yes, I'm still waiting for you in the spirit world. Not everything is as we think it would be. If we stop and think about a wild animal hunting, we can see the cruelty in the nature of the animal as it takes without a thought of another's life. But in many ways we're the same. We take from one another. We abuse one another. We say we're cruel. Well, we look at animals and we think they can be cruel too. But really, it's all about surviving. Who is the strongest? Who is the victor? Who has the spoils of the day? No matter what we think about these things, we rationalize it away. But actually, what we're really learning from one another is that we need to see the truth about ourselves. We need to know that we should only take that which is really necessary and that we should give back to the earth and to the world and to those we love. So let's make a giant leap here and talk about things like killing our animals into what happens to them when they pass over. On that particular time when Nikki died, I had no idea other than my own inner beliefs. But years later... I had to take a cat of mine to the vet and have her destroyed because she was in so much pain and it was indeed the end of her life. At that point, her name was Kiri by the way, at that point I found myself having to stand there just like my mother in front of the vet and watch my little animal be injected with the poisons that would make her pass over. Well, she kind of drifted asleep and her mouth opened wide and the vet looked in her mouth. She was like a limp rag and he said, she's gone. And I said to him, no, she isn't. Her spirit's still there. And he listened to her chest and he said, you're right. There's still a beat. And then he waited a little longer and I watched him look at his watch and then he said, she is gone now. And I said, no, she's not. And he listened again, and he sighed. A little, well, came out of his mouth. And he said, you're right, there's a beat. And then finally, I watched a little spirit leave her body. And then I said, she's gone now. Well, I walked out of there. I didn't look back. I didn't ask what he was going to do with her body. In fact, I didn't want to think about that. But I was busy thinking about, where is her spirit going? At that moment, my spirit guides came to me and said, We have her. And in that minute, I knew that my little Kiri was going to be safe in the oneness with them, with all my other animals that I'd had, and that they all together would be happy and live ever after as it were. So what actually happens to the animals when they pass over? Well, the wild ones go back to the herd. They roam together 
and they enjoy a very pleasurable life until there is such a time that all the wild animals have come together in the oneness and are a complete soul group. By then on earth, all the animals have died out. Right now we can look at some of the animals that are almost extinct, such as pandas. It's only a matter of time before there will be no more. And when that happens, that particular animal soul group will reincarnate as a different type of animal. Meanwhile, there are overlaps, shall we say, of different animals dying and being born. Yes, the spirits of animals do reincarnate just as we do. They take on different dimensions, different forms, different environments, and whatever it is they're doing, they're learning. They're spiritually growing and evolving, just the same as we do in human form. The animals that interact with us as humans do pass into what we call the spirit world's astral higher vibration and there remain with spirit entities, in other words, our family, friends, dead relatives, spirit guides and so on. And there they will integrate their emotions with the emotions of the spirit people. In time, as they unify with one another, and evolve in ascension, these spirit animals will combine with the spirits of humans and eventually become one. But by then, we will no longer be concerned about animals or humans. We will be energy, energy that is returning to the oneness and to the original form that is God. I would like to talk to you about what happens to an animal when it reincarnates. I actually wrote a book called Discover Your Baby Spirit. In that book I describe what happens to an incarnating spirit who prior to birth connects with the mother and then during birth shares a great deal of spiritual energy and after birth is working on some issue to evolve into oneness. It's no different for an animal. The mother of the uh, baby, kid, whatever it is uh, we'd like to call it, pup, um, kitten, will come into the environment of their mother before the mother ever is pregnant. The mother spirit will mix with the spirit of the animal to be born and then when they are birthed, the mother and the animal are as one. And that is why the animal cares so strongly for her young ones. And she will rear them for as long as is necessary until this little creature has grown sufficiently to become independent. She will teach her small child animal, kid, whichever form and species we are, to stand alone, hunt alone, and survive alone. We humans do this all the time. And of course, once we get out there into the world, we flounder around, we make mistakes, we learn the hard way, which is no different for the animal. Whatever animal is born, it must ascend in vibration. And so generation after generation of animals proves a, a transformation, a transition, a change 
of species occurs in the way they are. Scientists said that we all evolved from the ocean. Whether we did or not doesn't really matter. But what does matter is that we understand that we have had many forms. And whatever those forms have been, we've used them to the best of our ability to learn to survive and to spiritually evolve. In the spirit world, there are master teachers and spirit guides. They welcome the spirits of damaged animals into the spirit world. They spend a great deal of time rescuing them and taking them into havens in the spirit world where they recover. Death for an animal is sudden, it's swift. No matter what happens for them, they are not in fear of dying. They accept that death is a way of moving into a new dimension. So they make the transition easily. But they still need love. They still need attention and care. And they still need to belong to someone or to some group. Wherever they end up in the spirit world, they are constantly absorbed into love and do feel that they are sharing a tremendous amount of oneness. There's only one way to say it, oneness. I'd like to tell you a story. I had a dog, Ziggy, that was hit by a car. He was highly damaged and everyone said he would never recover and I should put him down. We didn't. The whole family healed him. It took six weeks for him to learn to stand and walk again. And when he did walk, he walked on his front paws. It took another six weeks for him to bring his back legs down and to walk normally. This animal proved that it wasn't about fear of not surviving, but rather that it absorbed the love and healing that the humans gave it. It was our little miracle dog. He went on to live quite a long time. Animals will receive healing just the same as humans will. In fact, they receive it a lot better than we humans do because they're not judging us for what we do. So next time you see an animal suffering, think about how you can bend down, stroke them, touch them, give them your love, and spend time enjoying the fact that they are in your life. If you'd like to talk more about this, I would like to hear from you. You can contact me by emailing me at drm. R-O-G-E-R-S-V-A-N-C-O-O-P-S Dr. M. Rogers Van Koops at gmail.com Or perhaps you'd like to know more about me. You can then look at my website www.sumaricenter.com That's S-U-M-A-R-I-S C-E-N-T-E-R dot com I would love to hear from you. In fact, if you have any topics that you would like me to focus on or you would like to ask me questions about prior shows 
or suggest that you have some questions about something that's bothering you, please write to me. The next show that I would like to do will be focusing on psychic development. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there having paranormal experiences. If you have a question you'd like to ask me, then please write it, because I'd love to have you ask me. Please take a look at my book, Discover Your Baby Spirit, because it just might help you in rearing your own children, or actually bringing some small sweet puppies into the world. Whatever you believe, whatever you think, just know that in the oneness you are included, your prayers are heard, your relatives know what you're doing, and everyone is supporting you. You are never alone, because God is a part of you, and you are God in form. So enjoy your life, and be proud of your existence. Never put yourself down. Always think of the light and bathe in the light. Walk in the way of the oneness. I have some interesting news for you. I will be giving a one-day post-conference introductory workshop on my crystal acupuncture and telegram therapies. I'll be doing it at the World Mysteries Conference in Tempe, Arizona on October the 12th. If you would like to attend and get a certification, please contact me at drmargaretrvc at gmail.com or go directly to www.worldmysteriesconference.com that is spelt as it sounds and there you can enroll. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Goodbye.